Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. What a weekend of college football we had, which means one thing and one thing only. We have the top 25 college football scoreboard, and we also have some college football news to get to this matter some of the news we will be getting to Oklahoma's quarterback situation Cincinnati's playoff position and more college football takeaways all that coming up on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast let's just get right on into this a train sports talk podcast. Your host, conductor Anthony Smith. So, what can we take away from the week of college football? Well, let's take a look right now in the Oklahoma's QB situation, Cincinnati's playoff position, and more college football takeaways. But first of all, let us give you some highlights to start this show off with. Again, looking to throw. It's a screen underneath. Miller has blockers, and Kendrick Miller's got great speed. Tied roping down the sideline all the way home. Touchdown, TCU. Wow. What an answer. And you see, he may be a backup in the depth chart, but Miller is super talented. Outside of the coach's box, he's making sure everybody's got their assignment. Second and six. Williams back shoulder. Fake cut. Touchdown. Jaden Hazelwood, that was beautifully executed as OU stretches the lead before the break. As we told you, he's playing with that taped up ankle. 
Duggan on second and five, launches downfield in the traffic, and the catch is made by Johnson. Can he house it? Safe arm touchdown, TCU. Take that. A quick strike indeed. They are hanging around tonight. Saw his dad, Bob, a little earlier. Just jetting back into town in time for the game. Oh, boy. Williams makes a man whiff and goes sprinting to the end zone. Touchdown, Williams. He's doing it all tonight in his starting debut. Are you kidding? Every time you don't play and sit behind the freshman, Kirk, you've you got to believe his stock is going to drop. Dug into the end zone. Leaping play. Stolen for a touchdown. Quentin Johnson just went right up over a man and took it away. There is a buzz in this stadium, in this city, in this state now about this Sooner team with him there. He did not throw away his shot. And Eric Gray barges in the end zone. And the folks here who really know this team are appreciative. That's not because it's a three-touchdown game. It's because Eric Gray has finally found the end zone. So those highlights you just heard was the Oklahoma TCU. So another top five team lost. Water bottles flew from the stands. The coaching carousel continued, or at least will at the end of the season. And somehow week seven of the college football season left us with more questions. So let's get right into this. Oklahoma still has two quarterbacks. While Caleb Williams appears to have all the makings of becoming another superstar quarterback at Oklahoma, Sooners coach Lincoln Riley seems very intent on doing what he can to hold off on the expectations of outsiders. Appeals to the coach to explain what makes Williams so dynamic or explain away as the rest of the team. The offensive line, the receivers doing their job. It's like asking their parents which of their children are their favorites. Spencer Rattler would field a caption for Saturday's game against TCU, but he didn't play a snap. After the game, Raleigh spoke often of both quarterbacks. They were both into it, helping each other, making adjustments. While Williams got the start, Raleigh said he would absolutely have had no qualms about putting Rattler in the game, depending on any number of scenarios and added. I'm confident had Spencer got the opportunity tonight, the way he practiced, he would have played well tonight, too. Oklahoma averaged a season-high 9.1 yards per play with Williams Williams at the helm. But Raleigh again pointed to the rest of the team having the right mindset and pieces starting to come together. It's clear this is going to continue to be a storyline for Oklahoma. Despite the juice the offense seems to get from Williams and the way the fans enthusiastically embrace him, and why wouldn't it be? Teams across the country have had to play multiple quarterbacks, and losing one can wreck their season. Of all the different quarterback scenarios Raleigh has had to manage at Oklahoma, this one might require the most sensitivity, and it's clear he's not going to tip his hand one way or the other. I'm right alone. Who's that putting together an under-the-radar season in Virginia? Take a few guesses at who leads the nation in passing right now. Matt Corral? Nope. 
Bryce Young? Nope. Even though Corral and Young have emerged as Heisman contenders, neither is close to the passing yards leader. That would be senior quarterback Brendan Armstrong, who has thrown for 2,824 yards so far this season and is averaging 414.6 yards per game in total offense. Second to Bailey Zapp of Western Michigan. In a 48-0 domination over Duke on Saturday, Armstrong threw 364 yards and three quarters. The sixth time this season he has passed for 300 or more yards. Fellow ACC quarterback Kenny Pickett for Pitt has drawn more Heisman discussion to date, leaving Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall to openly wonder where the love is for his own quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback in the ACC, Mendenhall told reporters after the Duke game. I wouldn't trade him for anyone, and I don't know what else he has to do. For starters, it does not help that Virginia has already lost twice to Wake Forest and North Carolina. It remains incredibly difficult for a player not on a contending team to get much national publicity. But that should not dismiss what Armstrong has done to date for his development as a passer. A year after rushing for 552 yards and throwing for 2,117, Armstrong's completion percentage has shot up 5 percentage points to 63.8%, and he already has 19 touchdown passes through seven games. Last year, he had 18 touchdown passes in nine total games. Because he has had an injured knee, Armstrong has not run nearly as much this season, so it is quite possible the best is yet to come. Quarterback is playing so well, one ACC coach said. Last year, you worried about him beating you with his feet. Now he's going to progressions, making reads, throwing beautiful throws. They'll win games just because he'll beat people. Virginia also has a talented group of receivers, including Dante Beyond Wicks and tight end Jelani Woods. Wicks, Woods, and Armstrong all are putting together all ACC seasons. Because Virginia has already lost twice in the ACC, the Cavaliers face a steep climb to the division title, especially because Pitt is undefeated in league play. But their showdown November 20 in Pittsburgh could prove crucial. Iowa's loss shifts Big spotlight fully to the East. The Big Ten East Division always commands more attention than the West, even when the group of teams isn't necessarily strong. That's how it goes with three traditional powers, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, and an often relevant Michigan State program in the same group. But as long as Iowa kept winning and creating turnovers at a historic pace, the West would remain in the national discussion. Iowa stopped winning Saturday, falling 24-7 to unranked Purdue, and the ugliness of the Hawkeyes' first defeat will fully shift attention away from the division. Although Iowa isn't out of the CFP chase, the team's problems on offense, especially in the passive game, suggest Saturday won't be the team's last setback. That's part of it, I'm sure, Coach Kirk Corrent said when asked about his team being a target at number two. We haven't been up there that often, and it's a conference play. Everybody wants to beat each other. That's what makes it tough to compete in the conference. While Iowa played poorly and lost, Michigan State played poorly and won, keeping this perfect season intact. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all were off Saturday. 
But if the three teams take down unranked opponents this coming week, Michigan hosts Northwestern, Ohio State visits Indiana, and Penn State hosts Illinois, it sets up the biggest weekend in the Big Ten in quite some time. The October 30 slate could feature two top 10 matchups pairing teams in the same division, Michigan at Michigan State and Penn State at Ohio State. The Michigan-MSU game hasn't paired top 10 teams since 1964. Well, rest up, Spartans coach Mel Tucker said after the Indiana win. We've got a few things we need to fix and correct. We'll do that, and we'll get ready for the next one. We all know what that one is. And now we get to this story right here. Stop talking about Cincinnati. Why would you, though? But let's see what a guy that happens not to be my favorite, Paul Feinbaum, has to say. He seems to always have something against the little guys. Matter of fact, Paul Feinbaum reminds me of what Doug Gottlieb was during the Wichita State Greg Marshall era when they were on their run through the valley and making their bid in the NCAA tournament. So let's see what. Paul Feinbaum has to say because I'm not a big fan, but I'm going to see, give the devil his due right now, and let's see what he has to say. Good, bad, ugly, or in between. Paul Feinbaum, what do you have to say about Cincinnati? If they win out, is that enough to keep them in the college football playoff, or do they not only need to win, but keep winning big like they did against UCF? Randy, I, I would like to say they're a lock, but they're not. Uh, and the problem is their schedule. They, they have managed the schedule as brilliantly as you can. They, they've beaten Indiana. They've gone to Notre Dame. But they're not beating teams that really matter. UCF, yesterday's news, not, not today's. They have SMU later. They need a lot of help from, like, Alabama. They, they don't need Alabama to beat Georgia in the, in the SEC game. They, they need Oklahoma or Oklahoma State to both lose. And they need some more carnage in the Big Ten. Well, I guess that's doable. But let's hear something else from Paul Feinbaum because we're going to get to this as well too. Tennessee fans showed their rear end and we'll get back to the Cincinnati thing, okay? But we definitely have to give you this right now. I'll take it away again. Tennessee at Neyland, and we have to ask you, as a Tennessee product now, with what you saw at the end of that game, where the fans were throwing things onto the field. They weren't happy with the fourth down spot, weren't happy with Joe Milton running out of bounds. Were you throwing golf balls, mustard bottles onto the field? What was your reaction, Paul? I, I thought it was classless and unconscionable behavior. Uh, it was an absolute disgrace. And I realize, as everyone does, uh, in, in a stadium of 100,000-plus, this, this was not just a handful, but maybe a couple of hundred. But that's that's one too many. Uh, I mean, the idea that, that somebody would throw a golf ball and nearly hit Lane Kiffin bottles, mustard uh, packages, I mean, it, it really, uh, it's hard to wrap your arms around what a bad and ugly look that was for the University of Well, everybody used to talk about Philadelphia fans. 
Tennessee fans took the icing on the cake. Anyway, back to this Cincinnati story. Stop talking about Cincinnati's schedule. It already it has already started. Excuses for why a team with one or more losses should take should make the college football playoff over Cincinnati. With Alabama rebounding from its loss to route Mississippi State and Ohio State dominating its loss to Oregon. Talk has already begun about putting a one-loss blue blood ahead of upstart Cincinnati. Would Tide be favored by Cincinnati in a head-to-head matchup? Of course. And the same is probably true for Ohio State, Penn State, Oklahoma, and possibly Michigan, Oregon, Ole Miss, and a handful of others. But that's not the point. If this chaotic season has taught us anything, it's that all those things we think should happen are far from guaranteed to actually play out as expected. What happens on the field has to matter, and Cincinnati is simply demoralizing its opponents. After beating Notre Dame and South Bend, it might have been understandable for the Bearcats to have a hangover. Instead, they beat Temple and UCF by a combined 108 to 24. They hung 56 on a decent, if far from 2017 levels, UCF despite QB Desmond Ritter's pedestrian afternoon. They've beaten every team on their schedule, including Indiana and Notre Dame, by double digits. Cincinnati still has a serious test ahead with SMU 6-0 set for November 20th and a possible AAC title game showdown with Houston 5-1. The schedule is fine. It's not the SEC West, but that was never in Cincinnati's control. And yet, there are still plenty of folks, including almost certainly a few on the committee who will say it's not enough. What if Notre Dame loses another game or two? Indiana hasn't met expectations, even though all the Hoosiers' losses are to ranked team. SMU and Houston, they're not power five, so they don't really count. We hold teams like Cincinnati to an impossible standard. Bearcats had, had a solid non-conference slate. That's all they can control. They're beating the doors off every opponent. What more do we want? There is no mythical schedule in which a team beats Alabama 12 times in a season. What Cincinnati has accomplished thus far in 2021 is deserving of a top four ranking. And if the Bearcats run the table, every... Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options. 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A Train Sports Talk Podcast.
thanks in part to Iowa losing. The reality is Bearcats won't truly know where they stand until the Power Five winners are determined. Unless, of course, there is even more chaos along the way. So, the AP Top 25 College Football Poll Reaction, what's next for each ranked team? AP Top 25 Football Poll is out. And after a wild weekend of games, there is some movement high in the rankings. Here's what's next for each ranked team. For number one, Georgia Bulldogs, 7-0. Week 7 results, a 30-13 win versus number 11, Kentucky. What's next versus Florida, October the 30th. X-Factor, yes, Georgia's defense, anchored by defensive lineman Jordan Davis, has been incredibly dominant throughout this season. But how about to play a backup quarterback, Jetson Bennett, playing in place of J.T. Daniels? Bennett threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns in a 30-13 win against previously unbeaten Kentucky. Bennett hasn't thrown an interception in his last three games, all against ranked opponents. What you need to know, the Bulldogs have a bye week before a showdown against Florida in Jacksonville. A year ago, the Gators threw for 474 yards against the Georgia defense. But this year, the Bulldogs have allowed 144.9 passing yards per game, first in FBS. Number two, Cincinnati Bearcats. Week seven result, 56-21 win versus UCF. What's next? At Navy, October 23rd, noon Eastern. X-Factor, running back Jerome Ford. Cincinnati has a much more formidable Offense and Ford gets going as he did in Saturday's win over UCF. After quite after quiet performances against Indiana and Notre Dame, Ford has 338 rushing yards and six touchdowns over his past two games. His production takes pressure off quarterback Desmond Ryder and the downfield passing game, and it allows Cincinnati to control the pace and rest its signature defense. What you need to know: the Bearcats playoff profile won't get much help from the AAC this year, so Luke Fickle's team needs to keep dominating. Two games with more than 50 points scored is an excellent start. Cincinnati's defense remains its engine, but a balanced and efficient offense will make it harder to poke holes in the Bearcats' CFP candidacy. They now travel to Navy, which is 1-5, and is lost on offense, but also is always capable of creating headaches for its opponents. Number three, Oklahoma Sooners, 7-0. Week seven results, a 52-31 win versus TCU. What's next at Kansas? X-Factor, QB, Caleb Williams. It's an obvious choice, but after dazzling in the second half against Texas and dominating TCU in his first start, 18 of 23, 295 yards, four TDs passing, 66 yards and another TD rushing, what kind of damage will he be allowed to do against Kansas? Let me just answer that. Spencer Rattler will probably get some playing time. What you need to know, Williams became the first Oklahoma true freshman to start at quarterback since current OU assistant coach Kel Gundy in 1990. Gundy has been on the Oklahoma staff since 1999 and is currently the Sooners' co-offensive coordinator and inside receivers coach. Number four, Alabama Crimson Tide, six and one previous ranking, five. Week seven results a 49 to nine win versus Mississippi State. What's next versus Tennessee, October 23rd, 
3rd, 7 p.m. Watch out for the golf balls. X Factor. Oh, outside linebacker Will Anderson Jr. called his teammates out to some extent in a Monday media session. He said some variation of football has to be the most important thing on multiple occasions. And then backed it up, sacking Mississippi State's Will Rogers four times and leading a dominant 49-9 win in Starkville. What you need to know, the Tides still very much control their own destiny in both the SEC and national title races. They could be favored by double digits in every game until the SEC championship. And if they beat Mighty Georgia, they're clearly in. Next up, a visit from Uptempo, Tennessee. Number five, Ohio State Buckeyes, 5-1, previously ranked number six. Week seven results, no game. What's next at Indiana, October 23rd, 7.30 p.m.? X-Factor quarterback C.J. Stroud has been gaining confidence on the field and has said he is feeling fully recovered from his shoulder injury. If he continues to progress, Ohio State is going to be difficult to beat. Not many teams can match the Buckeyes point for point in their clicking. What you need to know, as well as the offensive playing, the defense also has started to show signs of progress. This group has gone through a coordinator change midseason and looks as though it is still working through some of its issues. Some younger players are starting to step up, namely freshman cornerback Denzel Burke, who has an interception and 16 tackles on the season. If the group improves each week, Ohio State will be a different team than the one that allowed 408 yards in week one. Finally, coming up the rankings, coming in at number six, the Michigan Wolverines, 6-0, previous ranking, number eight. Week seven results, no game. What's next? Versus Northern, Northwestern on October 23rd. Running backs Blake Quorum and Hassan Haskins make this Michigan offense go. The Wolverines are tied for ninth in rushing touchdowns for running backs this season with eight apiece. No other running back candidates in the country have combined for more rushing touchdowns than them. What you need to know, the players at Michigan are talking about having a confidence in an aspect of player leadership they've never had. After coming back to beat Nebraska on the road, quarterback Cade McNamara said other Michigan teams would have lost that game, but not this team. Players have taken on more accountability this season and are pushing themselves and their coaches to this excellent start. Number seven. Penn State Nittany Lions. Previous rank, number seven. Week seven results, no game. What's next? Versus Illinois, October 23rd, noon Eastern. X Factor quarterback John Clifford was injured in the second quarter against Iowa, and Penn State's offense wasn't the same without him. Clifford's injury status is still up in the air. Coach James Franklin hasn't updated a potential timeline. Without him, the offense is going to have to be creative and get back up, take Juan Robertson some needed reps. What you need to know, Penn State lost to Iowa by only three points despite not having Clifford as its quarterback. One point in the game, backup Robertson has seen 30 plays and the offense had only 56 yards and no touchdowns. Compare that to 33 plays Clifford ran before his injury with the offense registering 193 yards and two touchdowns. If Penn State is going to continue to compete the rest of the season, offense will need Clifford back on the field. Number eight, Oklahoma State Cowboys, 6-0 previous week, ranked 12. 
Week 7 results, a 34-24 win versus number 25, Texas. What's next at Iowa State? X-Factors, linebackers, Malcolm Rodriguez. The super senior battering ram linebacker will be on Priest Hall duty against Iowa State. Rodriguez, one of the country's best linebackers, 59 tackles for the season and double-digit totals in three games. Faces off against one of the country's best running backs, who had 197 yards against Kansas State on Saturday. What you need to know, Texas entered the game against OSU, averaging 44.5 points and converting 61.9% of its third-down tries. The Cowboys held the Longhorns to 317 total yards and 24 points and allowed them to convert just 4 or 14 third-down tries. Signed Michigan State partners, the other team in the state of Michigan, Previous rankings 10. Week 7 results a 20 to 15 win versus Indiana. What's next? Oh, that battle in the state of Michigan. There they are. Sparty versus the Wolverines. October the 30th. Linebacker, X Factors. Linebacker, Kyle Halliday. Transfers are the story at Michigan State. But the team wouldn't be 7 0 without victim contributions from holdover players. Holiday, who appeared in four games as a true freshman in 2020 but didn't record the tackle, has become a key part of an improved Spartans defense. He had seven tackles and an interception return for a touchdown in a 20 to 15 win against Indiana. Holiday is fourth on the team in tackles, 48, and has been involved in several Spartans takeaways. He forms a strong linebacker group with Angelo Gross and Quiveris Kraut. What you need to know, the open week comes at a good time for Michigan State, which has been fortunate in two of its past four victories, Nebraska and Indiana. The Spartans have extra time to gear up for their biggest game of the year against Michigan in a meeting that could pair a top 10 undefeated team. Michigan hosts Northwestern this week. Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne gets a chance to reset after his shakiest performance of the season before facing an improved Wolverines defense led by Aiden Hutchinson. Number 10, Oregon Ducks, 5-1, previous rank, 9. Week 7 results, 24-17 win versus Cal. What's next at UCLA, October 23rd, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor, running back Travis Dye. Senior quarterback Anthony Brown struggling and running back C.J. Riddell out for the season with the leg injury. It's Dye's turn to give the Ducks a joke. He did Friday to the tune of 88 yards and a touchdown, all without gloves, according to the ESPN broadcast. When asked why he doesn't wear them, like all of his peers at the position do, Dye said, I just do me. What you need to know, Oregon will head to the Rose Bowl next week to face a UCL team that, much like the rest of the conference, has been tough to assess. The Bruins are 4-2 and, and still in contention for the Pac-12 South. But Oregon should be favored on the road, and it can't afford another close call, let alone a second loss. So right there we come the part where we are going to pause and take a break. That's right. You got to take a break. And when I come back, I will have some more to give you. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host, Dr. Anthony Smith. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Just enjoy its own wild win over Florida. 
this rebel season probably isn't slowing down anytime soon. Number 13, Notre Dame fighting Irish, 5 and 1. Still smarting from that loss to Cincinnati. Anyway, previous rank 14, so they moved up a spot. Week 7 result, no game. What's next? Versus USC, October 30th, October 23rd, 7.30 p.m. X Factor running back Kyron Williams, ranked number 87 in total rushing yards this season. With 370 through six games and 184th in rushing yards per attempt among all running backs. If Notre Dame wants more consistency on offense, the coaches need to find a way to get more production out of Williams. What you need to know a big part of Williams' lack of success has been tied to the offensive line. The line has been inconsistent and struggled through the first six games. Following some shuffling around, the line has shown improvement over the past few games, especially against Virginia Tech. Williams and the offensive line both need to improve if Notre Dame wants consistent performance from its offense. Number 14, Coastal Carolina Cantaliers, 6-0, previous rank 15. Week 7, results, no game. What's next? At Appalachian State. 20th, 30 p.m. Wednesday night, midweek. X-Factor QB, Grayson McCall. McCall has been solid once again this season for the Chanteliers with 1,478 yards, 14 touchdowns, and one interception. He is coming off his best game of the season against Arkansas State, throwing for 365 yards and tying a career high with four touchdowns. What you need to know, Coastal Carolina has scored 50 or more points in three straight games, but it has lost the past two meetings at Appalachian State. Isaiah likely had a career-high 232 yards and four touchdowns last time out on October the 7th. Number 15, Kentucky Wildcats, 6-1. Still have to be used to saying that. Number 15, Kentucky Wildcats. This is football season. You haven't heard nothing about basketball yet, have you? That's the football team. Garnered all the attention. Anyway, previous week, 11. Week 7 result, a 30-13 loss versus number one, Georgia. What's next? At Mississippi State, October 30th. X Factor running back Chris Rodriguez, Jr. The 5'11 Jr. was held to seven yards on seven carries against Georgia's stellar defense. Over his first six games of the year, he had 768 yards on ground and eclipsed 125 rushing yards four times. You know, though the undefeated run came to an end, Kentucky could very well finish the regular season with one loss. Mark Stoop. Wildcats have a bye week before facing Mississippi State on the road in Tennessee at home. Number 16. <laughs> Wake Forest Demon Deacons at 6-0. Previous week, 16. Week 7 results, no game. What's next? At Army, October 23rd, noon Eastern. X-Factor, linebacker, Luke Matterson. Matterson has put together an all-ACC type of season so far. Leading the deep with 39 tackles, including five tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, and one forced fumble. He will be a big key against the Army triple option. What you need to know, Wake Forest has two non-conference games remaining on its schedule, starting with Army on Saturday. With the win, the Demon Deacons will start 7-0 for the first time in school history. Number 17, the Texas A&M Aggies coming in at 5-2. Previous week, 21. Week 7 results. 35-14 win versus Missouri. What's next? Versus South Carolina, October 23rd, 7 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor running back Devon 
eight me. Coach Jimbo Fisher must look for ways to get Aikman more touches. He had a career-high 16 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns against Missouri, complementing Isaiah Spiller nicely in the run game. Aikman also had 27-yard reception, had a 27-yard reception, and he should be targeted more in the coming week. Without consistently elite quarterback play, Texas a should lean even more on its top playmaker to assist. What you need to know, Texas A&M did a nice job avoiding any letdown at Missouri. Aggies return home for another game in which they'll be heavily favored versus South Carolina for a key open week. Top A&M quarterback Payne's team likely isn't returning anytime soon. So with the continued development of Zach Calzada in the offense will be essential before a closing stretch feature Auburn at home. Ole Miss Road and LSU Road. The Aggies defense strong enough to win out. Number 18, North Carolina State Wolfpack, 5 and 1. But there is another school in North Carolina besides North Carolina, and they too reside in the ACC. That's the NC State Wolfpack coming in at 5 and 1, ranked number 18, previous ranking 22, so they're climbing up. Week 7 results. A 33-7 win versus Boston College. What's next? At Miami, October 23rd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor, QB Devin Leary. Leary played perhaps his best game of the season in a 33-7 win over Boston College, throwing for 251 yards, three touchdowns, while completing 66.7% of his passes. His veteran leadership shines through when NC State needs it most. What you need to know? Wolfpack takes a trip to play struggling Miami, a team they lost to a season ago in a wild game in which they blew the 10.4th per league. NC State is in far better shape in the ACC than Miami, and the win would help the Wolfpack stay atop the Atlantic Division, standing for Wake Forest. Number 19, Auburn Tigers. Previous week, unranked. Week 7 results, a 38-23 win versus number 17, Arkansas. What's next versus Ole Miss October the 30th? X Factor quarterback Bo Nix forever and always. When he's good, Tigers are extremely hard to beat. And he was fantastic against Arkansas, completing 21 of 26 passes to 10 different targets, with 292 yards, two touchdowns, and icing a 38 to 23 win with a 23 yard touchdown run. What you need to know after seven games, including trips to Penn State, LSU, and Arkansas, and the visit from Georgia. Brian Harrison's Tigers get a much-deserved bye week before a five-game stretch that likely include at least three ranked teams. Slate doesn't get easier, but the five and two Tigers have proved they can hang with just about anyone. Number 20, coming in from the Big 12, previously unranked, those six and one Baylor Bears. Week seven results. They gave BYU a briefing on what life in the Big 12 would be like. As they come away with a 38 to 24, a 38 to 24 win versus number 19 BYU. With that loss, it's safe to say BYU will be doing the electric slide out of the rankings. What's next versus Texas, October the 30th? X Factor, Nickelback. Jalen Petrie. While the Bears' offense dominated in a 38-24 win over BYU on Saturday, the defense has been a steady force all year. <clears throat> and PC 10 tackles, 2.5 tackles for loss, remains the anchor. 
what you need to know. The Bears get a bye week before resuming their Big 12 title chase, and while they remain a game back of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the loss column, they will welcome OU to Waco on November 13th. They are well-rounded and explosive on both sides of the ball. How about that next game, though, against Texas? Could we be seeing Texas with a third, no, a fourth loss on the season? What will people think of Sarkeesian after that? Hmm. We'll find out October 30th. Come in, number 21, SMU Mustang. What conference are they from? They're from the AAC. Why is that important? Because there's another team from the AAC that's ranked number two. Good resume building game. Depending on how far up the rank SMU goes. Anyway, number 21, SMU. Good to know. Previous rank 23. Week 7 results, no game. What's next? Versus a dangerous 2 lane team. October 21st, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor, Tanner Mordecai. The junior quarterback averages 4.3 touchdown passes per game, and the two-lane defense allows an average of 40.2 points per contest. Figure that out. What you need to know, Sonny Dyke is winning this Division I coach at a Texas university since the start of the 2019 season. 23 wins over that span. ESPN's football power index projects the Mustangs to be favored in three of their next four games, giving Houston a slight edge over the Mustangs on October 30th for a big November 20 game against Cincinnati. 22, San Diego State Aztecs, they just win, 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 and slowly climbing. Previous week, 24, week 7 result, a 19-13 win versus Penn State rivals, San Jose State. What's next? At Air Force, October 23rd, 7 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor, kicker, Matt Barraza. In a game that featured only four field goals in regulation, Raza didn't just hit a career-long 53-yard field goal. He also boomed four punts, 50 yards or more, including an 86-yarder from his own end zone, giving the state of San Diego State offense. He has a case for being the team's best offensive weapon outside of running back Greg Bell. But you need to know the Aztecs will try to remain perfect as they travel to Southland Stadium Colorado next week to face 5 and 1 Air Force. And what should be another low scoring matchup between the two best teams in the Mountain West and two of the best defenses in the country. Coming in, number 23, Pittsburgh Panthers. Who have some pretty good alums. Larry Fitzgerald, Tony Dorset, and Marino. You remember those guys? They played there once upon a time. Anyway, coming in, number 23, previous week unranked. Week 7 result, a 28-7 win versus Virginia Tech. What's next? Versus Clemson, October 23rd, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. X-Factor quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Over his past three games, Pickett has thrown for 11 touchdowns and no interceptions as he continues his push to gain more national attention in the Heisman Trophy race. He did not have to be perfect against Virginia Tech, doing just enough for the Panthers to win handily. What you need to know, up next is a huge game with ACC championship implications on the line. Pitt hosts Clemson, which has had a stranglehold on the ACC over the past six years. But ESPN's FBI now has Pitt as a favorite to win the ACC, and a victory here would go a long way toward reaching that goal. Coming in at number 24, 
of a new drummer. UTSA, which is University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, seven and oh, previous week unranked, week seven results, 45 to zero win versus Rice. What's next at Louisiana Tech, October 23rd? X Factor running back, Sincere McCormick. McCormick posted his fifth 100 yard game of the season with a 117 yard performance against Rice. Though he didn't find the end zone, he faced the Roadrunners running game. That totaled 261 yards. What you need to know, Louisiana Tech isn't the same team that won the 2019 Independence Bowl, but Austin Kendall and the Bulldogs can still challenge the Roadrunners defense that recently surrendered 46 points to Western Kentucky. UTSA has an open week following the Louisiana Tech trip before taking on UTEP on the road. And coming in at 25, how about the team that clipped the wings of the Iowa Hawkeyes? Previously unranked, coming in at number 25, the Purdue Boilermakers. How about those Boilermakers? Drew Brees is all my mother. Week 7 results, 24-7 win versus number 2 Iowa. What's next? Wisconsin, October 23rd, 3 p.m. X-Factor, QB Aiden O'Connell. Six-foot-three senior tops his 371-yard performance against Minnesota by throwing for 375 yards and two touchdowns against Iowa's strong defense. Purdue turned the ball over just once while our QB Spencer Petras threw four interceptions. What you need to know, Purdue's 24 points were the most Iowa had given up in the game this season. It also marked the most the Boilermakers had scored since the 49-0 drubbing UConn in Week 2. Games against Wisconsin and Nebraska proceed matchups against Michigan State November 6th and Ohio State November 13th. Who are the teams that dropped out? Arkansas was number 17. Arizona State, 18, and BYU, 19, Florida, 20, Texas, 25. These teams all decided to do a dance called the Electric Slide and slid out of the top 25 rankings. So there you have what's next for the top 25 teams. Hope we got your appetite wet for what's going to be taking place this Saturday and the next Saturday as well. Tell you what I'm about to do, though. I am about to pull this train into the station. That's right. As time will not allow me to do anything else. So let's just get ready to pull in. Say I enjoyed you listening to the AP Football Podcast. Hope I've given you enough info on the college football landscape, what to expect. And there will be a poll question, which if you have a Spotify, you can go to Spotify and answer that poll question. I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up. Do you think the Cincinnati Bearcats should get a fair shot at competing in the college football playoff? Should they run the table in the season on the season? Something to think about. That would be the poll question. Tennessee get a fair shot at the college football playoff to be in the season undefeated, including winning the AAC championship. Well, I've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it as well, too. Get your A-train pulling into the station. Until next time, take care of yourself. God bless. I don't know, but all I know is that we still rocking them chains, still taking that will, still trying to get paid, still trying to find out, still trying to act safe, yeah.
for the youngin' on the corner, now he winning. By 27, he'll be dead or in prison shampoo. Yeah, these are all the terrible conditions that we bind and we put inside the minds of our children. Uh, can't you see we in despair? Look around, we got crime.